Colossians 1, verses 23 to 27. If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, I am made a minister. according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Even to the mysteries which have been hid from the ages and from generations, but are now is made manifest to his saints. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of his mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. Quotation. As we near the close of this world's history, the prophecies relating to the last days especially demand our study. The last book of the New Testament scriptures is full of truth that we need to understand. Satan has blinded the minds of many, so that they have been glad of any excuse for not making the revelation their study. But Christ, through his servant John, has here declared that, declared what shall be in the last days. And he says, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein. I just want to read one more. When the books of Daniel and Revelation are better understood, believers will have an extremely different religious experience. Thank you for the qualifier. Entirely different experience. When what? They will be given such glimpses of the open gates of heaven that heart and mind will be impressed in regard to the character all must develop in order to realize the blessedness which is to be rewarded to the pure in heart. So guess what? We're putting our spiritual growth more than that. We're putting our eternal destiny in jeopardy when we neglect to study the books of what? Daniel and the Revelation. So with this instruction, would you study with me a portion of Revelation today? Yes. All right. I invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 
10. And I hope you allowed your Bibles to accompany you to church today. Because we're going to work the Bible today. We're going to work them. Revelation chapter 10. And allow your eyes to drop down to verse 7. But before we get to verse 7, let's pray. Our Father God, your word is open to us. And it's an indication we are needing the Holy Spirit to be our teacher at this time. Speak to us clearly so that we can understand your word and be driven to obey. We ask all of this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So here we go. Revelation chapter 10 and verse 7. And it reads, But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, the mystery of God should be what? Finished. As he hath declared to his servants the prophets. So let's go that over again. But in the days of the voice of what? The seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound the mystery of what? Of God should be what? Should be finished as he hath declared to his servants the prophets. The seventh trumpet. This verse, Daniel 7 and verse, Daniel 10 and verse 7, forms itself in the larger body of prophecy called the seven trumpets. Where am I saying? Revelation, no, it's Dan, Re, Revelation chapter 10 and verse 7. Seven trumpets. And verse 7 of chapter 10 comes between trumpet number 7, no, between trumpet number 6, which we find in Revelation chapter 9, verse 13. And Revelation, and the seventh trumpet, which we find in Revelation chapter what? 15, 11 verse 15. So here it is, this verse comes between these two trumpets. And there are two things in this verse. There is what? When the seven angel what? Sounded. And what happened? And the mystery of God will finish. The question is, what is the mystery of God? What is the mystery of God? And that's what we're going to try to figure out today. God's mystery. And to see if we can figure that out. Time. So there's a time and an event. The time is the sounding of the trumpet, and the event is what's going to happen when the trumpet is sounded. So they're what? Link together. The mystery of God. Mystery in the Bible refers to that which is hidden or made known to a particular group of people. 
We find that in Matthew chapter 13 when Christ said the parables are for you so that you can understand what's happening. But those who are not connected will not understand. That's the mystery. It does not mean something that is not made known. It is reserved for those who want to know. That's what you get in terms of it. So let's look and see what the Bible tells us about mystery. Let's go to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 16. So what question are we trying to answer? All right. Thank you for being with me. So allow your eyes to drop down to verse 25. And we're going to do 25 and verse 26. Uh, Romans chapter 16. We're studying today. You don't want me to pontificate. So we're studying. Okay, Sister Yvonne, do you want to read? Okay, go right ahead. the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God made known to all nations for the obedience of faith all right Romans chapter 16 verses 25 and 26 so here it is what is it that we're finding out about the mystery the mystery was what it was what? It was kept as a what? A secret. Secret, but then it became what? Manifest. Manifested. It became revealed. Yeah. All right. So, that's it. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Not too far from it. Should be right there. All right. Sister Yvonne, they, they're saying keep the same reader. Okay, go for it. And we're going to go... To verse 1. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. All right. Testimony, there is the mystery of God. So here it is. Let's stay right there, and we're going to drop down to verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. All right. So here it is. We're finding out that the mystery of God was before what? The world began. So when we connect that with um, Romans chapter 16, verses 25 and 26, we're seeing that the mystery was a secret, but became what? Manifest. Manifested. And it is now, re it's revealed, but it was before the world began. 
Yes. All right, Sister Yvonne, we're continuing. Let's go to chapter 4 and verse 1. Let a man... 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 1. Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. All right. So here it is. This mysteries, we are to be what? Stewards, managers, keepers of this mystery of Christ. All right. We'll just keep reading a few of these texts. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Verse? Verse 9. Verse 9. Ephesians 1, verse 9. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. All right. Having made known unto us the mystery of his, his will. will. What is the will of God? 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, and what does that say? For this is the will of God, even our sanctification. Our sanctification. Mm -hmm. He's reading. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Is it possible to have a... Uh, Second mic. So we'll roam, so whoever wants to speak, I'll leave it here. No. All right. So that is the will of God is our sanctification, according to First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 3. Now, let's, we're still in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. We're trying to define the will of God, the mystery of God. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 3 and 4. Yes. How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words, Whereby, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. All right, so we are trying to establish the mystery of Christ. Let's go to verses 8 through 11 of that same chapter. Unto me, whom, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. All right. So what these verses are telling us is telling us what will be the outcome of when we understand the unsearchable mystery 
of God. The purpose. All right, let's go to Colossians. This is just Paul. If there's anybody who has written more about the mystery of God, the Apostle Paul has. I don't think there is not one of his epistles that he's not talking about this. Let's go to our scripture reading. Colossians chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of his mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Right. So according to Colossians 1 and verse 27, it's defining the mystery as Christ in you, the hope of of glory. Amen. What does that mean? It, it means that it is the fullness of Christ being reproduced Amen. in us. Amen. His character being reproduced in us. Amen. That is the mystery. Wow. Anything else? Let's look at something else. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. Let's look at the same book, and we're going to do Colossians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. Colossians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. Withal praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Right. So here Paul is proclaiming the mystery of Christ. Where is he? In prison. In prison. In prison. Mm. But he is a mouthpiece. Yeah. That he is in prison, but prison cannot contain. contain well, and cannot shut up the mystery of Christ in him. You know, these, you know, yeah. So he, he does not want that. Now, something else about Paul. Paul was, when you talk about New Testament church, Paul is the center of the New Testament church in terms of that time. And he talked about church organization, all of that wonderful things, how you should do, you can read it in all of them. But in 1 Timothy chapter 3, Paul is here talking about the qualification of a deacon, an elder. And here's what he's saying. He's saying that even before an elder, or an el well, not even before, but an elder before even being chosen to be an elder or as somebody to be a deacon, they must be able to explain the mystery of Jesus Christ. Let's read that in verse 9 of 1 Timothy chapter 3. 
holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. All right. So that is, and if you read the verse, first eight verses, you're going to hear about the qualification of being a elder and a deacon. First Timothy chapter three, verse nine. Want to read verse 10 also? <laughs> well, well, you can do that, and then after that, we'll jump down to verse 16. Okay. Let's go to verse 16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was made manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. All right. So here it is. Those are just a few of the passages about the mystery of God. So if somebody should ask you, what is the mystery of God? What would you say? Based on these texts, what would you say? James? Oh, oh. They want the, the podcast. Oh. I would say to that person that the mystery of God is that the Holy Spirit, we, we are to cooperate with the Holy Spirit so that God's character can be manifest in us. Anybody else? Okay. As I taught the children today how God took sin, sinful man, make them make redemption for them to make them sin less so that they can live with him again. We see Jesus going through the process of um, manifesting himself, the chosen of God, to, to acquire this process, came in the form of flesh, and he was justified by God, and the angels witnessed it, and he preaches unto the Gentiles who were separated from God, and believe in the world, and Jesus was also caught up to be back with his father. Okay, all right. Anybody else? I'll give you one more chance. Okay, Brother Jerry. Would you say that again, all about the, the podcast? The mystery of God is behaving like Christ. Behaving like Christ. All right. Christ in you, the hope of glory. I didn't even remember that. That Christ can live in a sinful person's life if I choose to, um, to not sin, and, and his character will be reproduced in me. Okay, all right. I'm going to submit to you this morning. I would say the mystery of God, godliness, right, is the righteousness of God 
true faith in Christ. Amen. All right. Those are excellent answer. I'm just going to sum it up for you and say that the mystery of God. Let's go back to our text. Revelation chapter 10 and verse 7. And put a marker there because we're going to come back always to it. It's, we're going to be like the little child who will not walk away from its mother. It goes far, but it's looking back. So we're going to come back to this. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished. May I submit to you this morning that the mystery of God is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And we're going to work that this morning. The Greek word that is translated gospel means good news. And what is this good news? Good news. If you remember, in Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, a command was given to Adam and Eve. You may eat of any fruit that is in the midst of the garden. You may eat of any, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you should what? Because in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou what is going to happen? surely die. All right. Did they follow that command? No. no. So one of the saddest chapters of the Bible is Genesis chapter 3. Two. Because they did not, Genesis chapter 3 records them eating of the fruit. And what happened? They became subject to death that very day, and they began dying. Yeah. While it is true that Adam lived until 930 years, he began dying. Mm. So as a result of that disobedience, death came up on the human race. And God had this thing reserved in secret that should in case men went contrary to his plan, he would put it into action in order to save men from death. Hallelujah. That's the counsel of Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman. It was God's announcement, not only of a prophecy, but of a promise. Amen. Not only that, I would be sending my son Amen. to give you a new lease on life. Yes. But each time that you offer a sacrifice, you would be reminded that I'm coming to deliver you from death. Amen. That 
is good news. And that is the mystery of God. Here's what Ellen White says in Desire of Ages. That when Satan had his plan, that if he came and got men to sin, mm. then he would get hold of the earth yeah. and it would become his. Guess what he did not know? He did not know, Brother Jonah, that God had an ace in his back pocket. So when man sinned, he took out the ace and he put it on the table. Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That is good news. And all through the ages. They anticipated Allah. That God would come and take possession. Do whatever he had to do in order to rescue us from sin. Now I want you to know that, you know, as they went through this, people were dying around them. Dying. I have no doubt that that might have led to some discouragement in them. Amen. Christ, the Christ is not coming, but people are dying. But God, in his love and wisdom, decided to give them an Ebenezer. Amen. By translating Enoch, mm. that at some point in time, the deliverer, is going to come. Amen. Translated Enoch. You know the beauty about it? Enoch is still alive. Amen. Today. Death. Even with Abraham. Abraham had never seen, there was n- nobody up to Abraham had ever been resurrected. But as Abraham went to offer up his son Isaac, what did he say? God, not only God will provide, but God will resurrect my son. Mm. Had not seen it, had not heard anything about a resurrection, but his belief in God's ability to raise his son kept him going in obedience to the command, painful as it was. Want to hear something else? Let's go to Romans. Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. Romans 5 verse 12. Yes. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin... And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. All right. So here is it. So up until Moses, what had happened? Everybody was what? Dying. There was no resurrection. This is what Paul is saying. Mm -hmm. From Adam unto Moses, 
we have no record of anybody resurrecting. But God came and he resurrected what? Moses. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had some contention over that mm -hmm. when Christ wanted to do that. Jude 9, when he came to do that, Satan said what? He's he belongs to me. God did not, Christ did not enter into any conversation. He just said what? I rebuke thee. Amen. I rebuke thee, Satan. I just rebuke you. Satan is there putting forth his history. Oh, well then he spoke unwisely. He did not, he spoke out of turn. He was rash, he was angry, all of that. He sinned, he belonged to me. Mm -mm. But Christ said, no, he is mine. Hallelujah. Does that, have that. So we have that all along. And as a result of that, we have the, you know, not only with, we have since Abraham, we have other people being raised from the dead, including Lazarus. But most importantly, Jesus Christ. And he said what? I am the what? Resurrection the resurrection and the life. life. Though he was dead, what? Yet shall he live. So because Christ has been resurrected, we have what? Hope that if we die in Christ, we will be resurrected. That's good news. That's awesome news. And do you know what? One of these days, if you and I are faithful to God and we're living long, there won't be any more funeral trains. Amen. There won't even be a hospital room. Yes, sir. All these funeral homes will be out of business. But you and I have to be what? Faithful. Faithful. Faithful to that. That's the promise. So what did Paul say in Romans 1 and verse 16? I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. I'm not ashamed of this gospel. It is the gospel that will give me eternal life. It is the gospel that will transform me and make me looking and behaving like Jesus Christ. I am not ashamed of this gospel. Amen. Mystery. Christ. Thank you. But is there a chance that there could be another gospel. Could there be a chance? Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 4. 2 Corinthians 11 verse 4. For if he that cometh 
preachest another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if ye receive another spirit which we have not received, or another gospel which ye have not accepted, ye might well bear with him. All right. So here it is. So Paul is saying that there could be the possibility of a what? Another gospel. Let's see if this was ever true. Let's go to Galatians chapter 1 and verse 6. Galatians 1 verse 6. Yes. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. So here it is. You have been established in the gospel. And Paul is saying that I marveled. I am stunned that you would move to another gospel. And my brothers and sisters, I am submitting to you today that there are many gospels which are not the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm not talking about gospel outside of the Seventh-day Adventist church. I'm talking about gospel that are coming into the church. One notable one is that you, you and I cannot gain victory over sin. That's a gospel. And Paul is saying that I marvel. And when we go to chapter 3 and verse 1 of Galatians, he says, who has what? Bewitched you. Can we read it? Okay. <laughs> oh, foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you? All right. Now... If I were preaching this in Jamaica, this is what I would say. Who has obeyed you? Yes. That you could have this body of gospel and to give this up for this. So my brothers and sisters, I submit to you this morning on the authority of God's word Amen. that it is crucial what we believe. Amen. What gospel we believe. Let me run this al along. What's the purpose of this gospel? What's the purpose? Let's go to Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 through 23. What's the purpose of this gospel? Colossians 1 verse 21 And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If ye continue in the faith grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard 
and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. All right. So here it is. The purpose of the gospel is to do what? Keep is grounded. that we were what? Alien and what? And enemies of God. Yes. And when this gospel comes, what does it do? It reconciles us mm -hmm. to God. But not only does it reconcile us to God, it makes us what? Holy. Holy. And unblameable. Unblameable. And Un unreprovable in the sight of God. Perfect. Amen. So when we get the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we allow it to work in us, it, it makes us holy, mm -hmm. unblameable, yes, Lord. unreproachable to Christ. Amen. Simple put, we're no longer in hostile relationship with God. Amen. That's what he does. But listen to what it says in verse 28. Paul puts it another way and he says that he makes us what? Perfect. Whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. So is the Bible teaching perfection? Yes. We're talking about moral perfection. Not perfectionism. Moral perfection. Our high calling. Listen to what it says. Our sanctification is God's object in all of his dealings with us. Amen. Are you understanding that? Yes. Everything that God does to us, for us, with us, by us, is to make us perfect in him. Amen. He has chosen us from one. Eternity. From eternity that we might be what? Holy. Holy. Christ gave himself for our redemption that through faith in his power to save from sin, we might be made complete in him. Amen. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the gospel. So, So let's go back to Revelation 10 and verse 7. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished 
as he hath declared to his servants the prophet. Amen. So until the mystery of God is finished, you and I have the opportunity to be made perfect in Jesus Christ. Amen. You're saying amen. Do you have a text to support that? Amen. Yeah. Let's go to Philippians 1 and verse 6. Philippians 1 and verse 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ, Jesus Christ. I want you to know that I'm just happy that God is not like me. I have a whole lot of unfinished projects around. Sister Nadine, you know some of those things. Unfinished. But here's what Paul is saying. He's saying... Be what? Be confident that he who has started a good work in you will finish it and make you what? Prepare you to when? The day of Jesus is coming. Amen. So if you and I cooperate with Christ, If we work with him and allow him to do his work in us, mm -hmm. what can we expect when he comes? Perfection, Perfection of Christian character. Amen. Revelation 10 and verse 7. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the, the mystery of God should be finished. So there is coming a time when what? The ministry, the mystery will not be what? Will come, will come to an end. Mm. It would have met its purpose. Will it? So here is it. Bible scholars call this the gospel dispensation. Mm. This is when the gospel is being proclaimed. Yes. Come in, come in, come in. For us as a church, we have this body of gospel called the three angels message that wraps up all of what the gospel entails and therefore when we give that to the world mm. it will lead it lead the recipients of that gospel who cooperates with it to perfection of Christian character making them ready Amen. For the second coming of Jesus Christ. Amen. And there will come a time when it will not continue. Amen. It will end. Amen. 
Yep, but it's a little more than that. The gospel, yes, it's going to be there. Just a few texts. I'm just going to give you a few. Let's do Amos chapter 8, verses 11 through 12. 11 and 12. Amos. I'm sorry, that I just love the turning of the Bible leaves. Amos. I could, I could easily, yeah, you know, I like the fact that we're doing this. this Amos way. 8, 11 and 12. Yes. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. All right. And so they shall keep going. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. All right. So there's going to be a day when what? People will want the word of God, but it will not be available to them. Not be. Listen to what, oh, that's a good question. Brother James wants to find out, did that happen already? Well, what is the text telling us? But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, mm -hmm. when ye shall begin to sound the mystery of God should be finished. Mm -hmm. The question is, has the seventh angels sounded already? Okay. The seventh. All right. Jeremiah 8 and verse 20. So this is going to be the response. Oh, no. It's still available to us. Yeah. Jeremiah 8 and verse 20. Jeremiah 8 and verse 20. The harvest is past. The summer is ended. And we are not saved. So that's going to be the response. And take Zephaniah. Let's read Zephaniah. I'm, I'm sorry to do that because I think this gives a punchline. Zephaniah chapter 1, 14 through 18. Zephaniah 1. Yeah. 14. Zephaniah 1, 14. The great day of the Lord is near. It is. Zephaniah, right? Yes. Yeah. The great day of the Lord is near. It is near and hasteth greatly, even the voice of the day of the Lord. The mighty man shall cry there bitterly. That day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress, a day of wasteness and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of the trumpet and alarm against the fenced cities and against the high towers. And I will bring distress upon the men 
that they shall walk like blind men because they have sinned against the Lord and their blood shall be poured out as dust and their flesh as dung, as the dung. Neither their silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them in the day of the Lord's wrath. But the whole land shall be devoured by the fire of his jealousy, for he shall make even a speedy riddance of all them that dwell in the land. All right. Zephaniah chapter, chapter one. 1, verses 14 through 18. The day of the Lord cometh. It's a sure thing. Mm -hmm. And when it comes, nothing that has not been made holy mm -mm. will be made holy then. Absolutely. And all, here it is saying, and this is where I take comfort in all the merchants of the earth who are doing all kinds of stuff to suppress things. What does it say? Their silver will not be of any value. Amen. Not even their Bitcoin. At that point in time, the only thing that will make a difference is those who are covered by the robe of Christ. Righteousness. Righteousness. Amen. So, let me run this quickly. Are there evidence that we're approaching the time when the gospel will, when the seventh angel will sound? Yes. Are we? Have we ever heard of ecocide, ecocide? Mm -hmm. You have never heard of it? No. Okay. That's it. Ecocide is defined as, by Wikipedia, is human impact on the environment causing mass destruction to that environment. Human. Anything. That's correct. And this is all wrapped up in that wonderful thing called what? Climate change. Climate change. And what is the goal of climate change? Sunday sacredness. Because this is according to El Dato C. That's where it is. So this is where it's coming. So activities that might constitute ecocide include substantially damaging or destroying the ecosystem or harming the health and well-being of species, including human, has been proposed. They're even proposing international law against ecocide. That the violation of that, just the same way that you had war crimes, that you will be brought to the international court and tried. 
<laughs> Thank you. All right. So Pope Francis has met with 40 faith leaders, and what are they calling about? Climate change to combat the Vatican. Pope John Paul has, not Pope John Paul, Francis, he's there saying that the human needs to repent.
Simple put. In LA, there are water police. Water police. My brothers and sisters, this is a time for us to be in the country. This is a time for us to be in the country. Think about it. When the National Sunday Law goes into effect, who will be policing you? They will be policing you for you not attending church on Sunday or doing anything So we need country living not only to provide our own food, not only to develop our characters, but for our own privacy and survival. So we need that. Let me just run this. Now, uh, I won't talk about Schwab's, who is the World Economic Forum. He had this meeting in uh, May 24th. He declared, let it be clear. Let me just read that for you. Let it be clear. The future is not just happening. We build the future. And we have the means to impose the state of the world. Revelation chapter 17 tells us who, who are working together. The merchants of the earth and what? And the papacy. Kings of the earth. The final piece. So that's it. TikTok. You know that Sunday reset. So they have over 438 million people who are calling for a Sunday reset. Sunday reset. Now, why am I telling you that? I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, that you and I are living in the age of the gospel dispensation. But I'm also telling you that this gospel will not be forever. Amen. So you and I cannot waste our time mm -hmm. about not allowing the gospel to do its work in us if we have any intention mm -hmm. of being with Jesus Christ Amen. when he comes. None at all. So what you and I have to be doing at this point in time is that we have to be cooperating with God. Amen. And allow the Holy Spirit to work in us. To prepare the characters that God wants in us. Amen. Do not spurn the gospel. Because what does Revelation Chapter 10 and verse 7 says, 
But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished. It's going to finish. And when it's done, this is what he says. It is done. Then Revelation 22 and verse 11. Sure. Yes. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. So what it is, simple put, probation closes. And Christ steps out of the most holy place of the heavenly sanctuary. Amen. And there is no more opportunity. No more opportunity for us to be made perfect. So my brothers, my sisters, I encourage you today that the work that God has begun in you, allow him to complete it Amen. to the day of his coming. I used to sing an old song as a boy growing up, an old song, someone will enter the pearly gates. Shall you, shall I. Only you, only me, can determine that. And we determine that by how we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. Do not. Do not. By the grace of God, do not waste your probationary time. Amen. Let's pray. Eternal Father and our God, we just want to thank you for your love and your kindness towards us in not only giving us the gospel to save us from death, but you have given it the warning to let us know that it will not be forever. Amen. Therefore, we must take advantage of it now. By your grace, we're surrendering our all to you again, saying, Work in us. Work in us. And complete the work you have started. We pray these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.